Welcome back to the Character Cast. This is episode two. On this episode, we are going to discuss integrity, what we mean by integrity, maybe breaking down that definition a little more than some people would think, kind of the superficial uh, definition, and we'll get into that of what we mean by integrity, going a little bit deeper in that, uh, and how integrity is connected to, to character. This is a character podcast after all, and then how we can utilize our understanding of integrity, its connection to character moving forward uh, as we take this podcast, uh, where I hope to ultimately take it, breaking down the specific pieces of our character character and how we can work to embody and and become the type of people collectively that we want to be. I'm your host, Justin Mears, uh, and I'm happy to be joined today for this episode, episode two, by my friend Emery Miller. Emery is a 2007 graduate of the Naval Academy. He was in HM-14. He's a helicopter pilot with Candace, my wife, in their first squadron, and we are both at TACRON 21 a tactical air control squadron here in Virginia Beach, Virginia, as we both are, are transitioning out of the Navy and kind of finishing up our time in our last tour. If you've looked at my blog recently, jtmears.com, you'll see the last blog entry that I put up was a, a video that was from Blackjack Leadership Training, which is a six-month leadership development program that we created for Tacron 21, the two of us, me and Emery, in order to provide honestly, any leadership training at all professionally to our unit because in the Navy, we found that sometimes just like the character piece, like we talked about in the last podcast, we kind of just think that we have this thing wired and we don't really need to think any more in depth about it than just, hey, we're going to be a good person. And we put no no real thought into what that looks like and can be the same from the leadership perspective. Sometimes we think being sailors, officers in the Navy that we've got this thing made. Uh, so we, we've been doing that program and that was session number three was the video that you could have seen talking about how to create a personal action plan uh, and what that looks like. I really appreciate you joining me today, Emery. Thanks for taking time out of your weekend to record this podcast with me and happy to have you on. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So where we're kind of going with this podcast just you know kind of fill you in a little bit and maybe we can go back to the, to the last podcast episode here in a second and i know you've listened to it so you, we can make that connection but you know kind of started out with the character piece and the second part of this foundational component to the podcast that i think is necessary before we actually jump into what are the the pieces of our character the habits that we're forming that we want to make sure or properly aligned with the everyday actions that we're taking you know before we get into what those are and can break those down from an application standpoint i think it's important to to look at integrity because there is a direct link between character and integrity and i think it's a little bit misunderstood probably what we actually mean by integrity what the connection is there and i think that ultimately as we get through this podcast today hopefully the listeners will see what we mean by that connection and how the two link together to point us towards where we're going, who we ultimately want to be. So, so that's the plan for today. If you're good with that, I appreciate you being on and, and joining me. Uh, and I'm going to let you kind of run the show as far as questions, the things that you want to have me speak on about integrity uh, as we kind of you know prepared for this, laid that out for you, pretty open-ended uh, of where we could drive this and, and where we could go based on that. So Okay, great. Well, um, I'm excited to be here because I think, like you mentioned before, it's a really important topic. And uh, oftentimes, it seems like character and integrity are lumped together to be one and the same. You hear character and integrity all the time, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on separating the two as separate concepts and then bringing them back together with the, the relationship. So I know the last episode, uh, you spoke with your good friend from the Academy, Mike Good, at length about character. And for those of you joining us who haven't listened to that, I really suggest that you go back and listen to it. But just to make sure we're all on the same foundation for today's episode, why don't you go through and just give us the wave tops of character again? That sounds like a, a good plan, a good starting point. And 
I will I'll kind of try and breeze through this pretty quickly. You can check out episode one if you want to hear the in-depth discussion with Mike, who's much smarter than I am uh, on this stuff. But first of all, this isn't something new. This isn't something that we're just like all of a sudden we decided because, you know, we seem to have a crumbling moral foundation in our country or something like that. Like people are, it just seems like people are coming out of the woodworks, hey, you know, where are we going from a morality standpoint that all of a sudden like, oh, we, we should probably put some thought into this. No, this like goes back thousands of years. And in the last episode, we went back to, to the Greek kind of uh, root of this but i mean whether it's the judeo-christian root the greek root i mean you you name it back to the philosophers of old they've been thinking about this stuff so this isn't something new that we're talking about and aristotle maybe one of the you know front runners of philosophical thought on this kind of looked at this as this idea of eudaimonia uh, which i mispronounced on the first episode i believe i just got that right but mike corrected me and that the idea of eudaimonia is this idea of human flourishing, of reaching our highest potential. And from that human flourishing would come ultimate satisfaction, not happiness. We don't mean necessarily like you're just going to be happy. It, you know, it's kind of closely akin to that, but just this ultimate satisfaction of becoming your best version of flourishing as a human being. And that was directly tied to this idea of moral excellence, of morality, of virtue. And, you know, arete was the Greek word for that, for excellence, for moral excellence, for something that is always good, always excellent. And those pieces of your character that would ultimately encompass the totality of that excellence uh, would be those individual virtues, those things that are always good. And those are the pieces of your character. And those pieces of your character are formed through habits. And Aristotle broke that down. There's a, you know, there's a quote out there. Uh, you are what you repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit that is often attributed to Aristotle. It's not actually a direct Aristotle quote for those of you who have been quoting Aristotle in that framework. But he kind of would throw out, he would discuss the idea that this stuff, and it can kind of go back to the, can you actually be taught this stuff? You know, can you actually learn this stuff? Are you just born good or born bad? And gets into that discussion. And Aristotle would have said, no, that you absolutely can, that through forming proper habits that you can become that flourishing version of yourself and achieve that eudaimonia. And so when we talked about character, we talked about, hey, what are habits? Habits are consistent actions and character. Ultimately, those little habits, those little pieces of your identity, uh, that that total view of your character. And we all have character, whether good or bad or somewhere in between is nothing more than the sum of all those habits, those consistent actions that you're taking. And that's where we kind of left it. That was the theoretical view of that. And then we broke down some some steps that you can actually take in your own life and apply to how do we actually form habits and what are things we can do to try and change habits or form new habits. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, what I heard from that was character is kind of like the amalgamation of all of the things that you do every day across a spectrum of behaviors. And we're going to go through some of those different behaviors or virtues that lead to behaviors, right? And uh, how you consistently apply those in your life then forms your character. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty good summary. You did that in 20 seconds. It took me about five minutes to, to break all that down. So clearly I am too long-winded, but yes, that is exactly what we're talking about. It's that total sum of all of those behaviors, those pieces, those habits, and ultimately we're striving for good, proper, moral habits that, that represent that excellence, that arete, and those are those virtues that we're striving for. Okay. So you mentioned in there good moral habits, and I find myself a lot of times uh, looking at people and saying, oh, that person has good character, or you see it in job postings, you know, good character required for it. From our discussion, I'm starting to think that 
me evaluating someone's character is really based off my perception of my applying my values and seeing if their behavior aligns with what I think is right. So should we even be talking about character if it is just kind of the state of where somebody is or who they are? Should we use terms like good and bad? I mean, I think that's a really good question. I think that that goes back to our discussion that we already kind of started to have on is this kind of superficial, this discussion of, of, yes, you're exactly right. Like we say all the time, like, oh, that person, I read it all the time on Twitter or whatever. Oh, this is a person of good character and integrity, like you said, lumped together quite often. And I think that my counter to that would be like, well, what does that I mean? What does that look like for you, for us? And we already said character is nothing more than the sum of our habits. So to be able to just lump all that together and say, oh, this is a person of good character, well, that's pretty hard to do. And unless you have an understanding of what that means to you, it's okay to make that personal and individual because that's going to help define you and, and your pursuit of being a person of what you would consider moral excellence, that arete. It's going to be pretty hard to just look at someone and say, oh, yeah, that person's a person of good character. Character. And in doing so, I think you're downplaying the individual pieces of the character that make up that good character. And you're just kind of throwing it all together, good and bad, and saying it's a person of good character. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a great way to say it because maybe I'm making that judgment of someone's character based off of one or two things that I can see consistently. But there are many other virtues or behaviors that go into someone's character that he or she may be lacking in. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that you're 100% right. That's the danger, I think, in just using that and, and saying, oh, they're just a person of good character. And that's why, quite honestly, we're I'm even doing this podcast is because I think it goes much deeper than that. And I think our ability to break that down into what are the individual virtues, values, however you want to kind of look at it, that make up that total, that encompass that total character, that sum of our habits gives us an, an ability in our own lives. And then as a leader looking and developing other leaders and in and, and our followers, and then just as a person looking out and saying, okay, I can identify in that specific value that I just saw that person demonstrate in this action that they seem to be a person who has humility. And that is something I value. And because I believe that is something that, that is necessary in order to have good character. So that person is a person of good humility. It has one component of this greater character that we're discussing. And I can identify that value in that person and say, that's good. You know, I want, That's something I value and I want that person on my team. I'm on board with that value while not generalizing and saying, oh, well, because they demonstrated humility, I'm just gonna say they're a person of good character. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you, you did a, a great example with humility there. And we said that character is the sum of all these other, you've used virtues, values. So what are some of the other ones and what are ways that we can try to figure those out in our own lives? Yeah, so going back to Aristotle and his Nicomachean ethics, uh, his kind of seminal work on this whole morality ethics debate and dilemma, he broke down specific virtues that he thought were those things that represented moral excellence, and he lays them all out. What I'm about to describe isn't something that I personally created. I have to give credit where credit is due, and Captain Rick Rubel at the Naval Academy, who was kind of started the ethics program at the Naval Academy, created this in this exercise he called character mapping. And so a part of Aristotle's Aristotelian ethics is this idea of each virtue has has a mean, a golden mean that you're striving for, that it has that place in which it is always good. You can have a deficiency of that virtue or you can have an excess of that virtue, both of which would be considered going towards vice and not virtue because you're getting away from that that natural moral excellence point along this kind of spectrum, if you will. So we should be striving for that. And in this character mapping exercise, Captain Rubel lays out 
24 virtues. They're similar to the 24 character strengths that could be found in the values in action website, character survey, the breakdown and, and kind of give us, it's a good base and foundation to go off of. And you know, there's a bunch of them. I'm going to include it on the blog post that goes along with this. So please check that out. But I mean, you're talking anything from perseverance, perspective, wisdom, judgment, love, compassion, courage, loyalty. Uh, there's, like I said, 24 of them. And these are the, the virtues that we should be striving to embody. And so this character mapping exercise, how it works is you look at each one and you rate yourself kind of where you see yourself. Are you extremely deficient in this virtue? Are you pretty close to that mean? Or do you have too much of it? And we can get into maybe, you know, what that would look like as well. Uh, but that's really all you're trying to do is break down for each one where you stand. And so then you can identify in your own life. First, you have to be able to identify what values are important to you. So you can kind of look at that and see maybe some of those things aren't that important to you. And that's getting into your kind of discussion on uh, the generality of this goodness piece. You have to identify for yourself what's most important, what values you prioritize and what's right and wrong to you. But then from that, after you identify that and you see where you fall out, you need to recognize what actions do I take that demonstrate those values because the only way to have those consistent actions those habits line up with your values and actually habituate those things is to know what the actions look like that represent those values and i think each one of those have actionable steps applications of this idea this theoretical value and virtue that we can demonstrate and so the more you are able to identify what those actions are the quicker you're going to be able to figure out how am i moving along this spectrum and trying to get to that golden mean so that's the ultimate goal is to find that golden mean in each of these virtues you can only do that if you know what those things look like and if you know if, if those are important things in determining what you individually are striving for so I did the character mapping exercise that you're talking about in preparation for this, and I thought it was a, a really useful tool in order to kind of get that moment in time snapshot of where I am in all these different virtues. But one thing that I thought as I was doing it was this requires a lot of humility and introspection in order to be honest with yourself so you can accurately do it. Because if you're just lying to yourself and saying that, you you know, I view myself as a leader of in humility and courageousness and love uh, it's really not that useful so one thing i thought that you could do and it was get a trusted partner whether it could be a, a spouse or it could be a friend that you work with it could be in the military setting we use the term subordinates and peers and superiors you could almost turn it into like a 360 feedback review for you so what do you think about that i think that's an excellent idea actually and when we think 360 reviews we're always talking performance based almost always and competency-based. And so the idea of a character 360 review probably isn't something that's taken hold in too many corporations or industries, organizations out there. But I mean, you know my thoughts on how important this is to the overall leadership piece and, and where it connects and is the foundational. So I mean, I think that's a great idea. So, so we'll soon to see trademark Justin Mears 2018. Well, I think it's already copyrighted Rick Rubel. Like, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it'll be exactly like that, but maybe a different 360 review that kind of builds... Off of this, sure, maybe. First, I got to convince everybody else that this is important before they're going to be willing to, to do that. But yeah, I mean, I, and I think it ties directly into, so we, we look at all of these values and virtues collectively, uh, and we can see on the whole where we stand, but we can also look individually, and you have to assess it individually. No two virtues are the same. Uh, that spectrum is going to be different for each one. Some of them, you're going to be closer to excess in the mean than than others. Uh, and so being able to look at that individually, and then, and then collectively as you kind of look at the map, 
leads perfectly into to the connection between this idea of character and integrity. And actually on the list, integrity is on, on the list. You can get into maybe why I disagree with that a little bit as we break down integrity, but I think that leads us towards uh, this idea of integrity and where we're driving towards. Okay, great. Well, I'm, I'm really excited about this part because if you Google integrity, the first thing that comes up is doing the right thing when no one's looking. And I remember as a midshipman at the academy, it was taught that way, not by the leadership professors, but more by the other midshipmen is it's just this simple concept, just do what's right when no one's looking. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that is a very basic definition. And anybody, I think, may I throw it right back at you? Well, isn't it sometimes, isn't it harder to do the right thing when everybody's looking? And I would hope that you would agree with me that that is the case. I remember as a plebe during Army Week, we just destroyed 10th Company's floor, like filled trash cans full of ketchup and mustard and just grossness from King Hall and tipped them against the elevator and it just poured down. And we ended up having to go as a company and clean that stuff up. And we were really you know, upset by the fact that we had to do that. To, we spent the time planning and preparing this massive prank and then we had to clean up for ourselves. But maybe if someone would have been willing to be like, hey, this is taking it too far and going beyond the bounds of what was expected of Army Week, maybe we wouldn't have done that. But when you get that group thing together and everybody, no one wants to speak up and say, ah, this might be crossing the line for fear of being outcast or look down upon or even you think if the whole group thinks it's right it must be right and you maybe don't have enough confidence in your ability to discern what's right and wrong it can be really hard to do the right thing when everybody's looking so i don't think it's a a deep enough definition that really covers what we mean by integrity yeah no i completely agree i mean i found myself as an aircraft commander some of those hardest times to not take an aircraft was when everybody was out there they were excited about the mission we were doing something for real and it was a really minor gripe i knew that it wasn't the right thing to do but with everybody there you kind of felt that infectious enthusiasm and you know i made the wrong decision a few times so yeah and it can be lonely especially if you're you know once you're out on on the mission even or something like that and the crew that's that's where you got to have that balance of humility and being willing to be open and listen to to what the crew has to say or you know for a fact that you're going to make that decision as aircraft commander to cut something off early and head back because you don't you're not i mean you're responsible for that aircraft and you're not comfortable with the condition or state that it's in and you know you put all that work in and you actually get up in the air and get going and then you have to turn around before you can actually execute when the rest of the crew maybe uh, wants to push and, and that's that's a lonely place to be but that's a part of this whole leadership thing and and i think directly related to why this is so important to leadership as a whole. So yeah, I just, I don't think it's a a deep enough definition to really give root and connect to what we mean by integrity. Yeah. Well, I almost got us talking about flying there. Luckily you you pulled us back to the, the concept at hand. So why don't you define, give me your working definition of integrity. So I stole this as well. Uh, I'm not going to try and claim this as my own either, though I do claim it as my own in my own life. I have adopted this. I stole this from teaching at the academy, and there aren't many things that I didn't add my own tweak or adjustment to. There, you know, This is one of the few that I just took as is because I thought it was that good. But the definition of integrity that I want to use moving forward on this podcast is the one that I've embraced in my own life is the consistent alignment of your actions with the values and standards you've committed yourself to. So I'll say it one more time, the consistent alignment of your actions with the values and standards you've committed yourself to. Well, good. So let's go through and unpack that definition and talk about the different components. So the first one that I hear, and maybe it's two, but consistent alignment. You want to take them together as consistent alignment or break up those two? Well, let's actually go consistent actions and then alignment. So consistent alignment of your actions is the definition and, and consistent actions we've already defined. 
Right, yeah. The consistent actions forms your character. Well, the consistent actions are your habits. Right. Which, yes, the sum of those forms your character. So you're exactly right. So we've already said consistent actions are habits. So there's a consistency piece of doing this time and time again, which that's that's how where we get the habits from. And as you're the, you know, the totality of all those habits, good or bad, wherever you fall out on that spectrum from that character mapping exercise is going to be your character. And so there is a character component piece to this that's a part of this bigger definition of integrity right from the beginning there in the definition that that sum, that character piece is playing a role in whether or not you're living a life of integrity. So that may be a good point to interject just one difference that you have when you're talking about this versus Captain Rubel with his character mapping exercises. He has integrity as a virtue to kind of paint character. Whereas you, if I'm hearing you correctly, view character as something that then contributes or is a part of your integrity. Yeah, I think that, that there is a distinction there. I think that the, well, the character piece is the sum of your habits. So it is, a, you're looking at, at the total person, if you will. Integrity will get more into the definition of what that looks like with the alignment piece to the values. But I think it's more, if you want to call it a virtue, it's kind of the virtue that encompasses all virtues. You can't get to that point unless all of the other pieces, those habits that are forming your character are aligned with your values. And so uh, it's not really a, a, maybe a separate component. Yeah, I mean, the, you're looking at the total makeup of your character and seeing whether that aligns with your values and whether or not you are a person of integrity. So that kind of a, a differentiation there, I think, between maybe how some other people view it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we did consistent actions. So now do you want to do alignment with values? Yeah, I think that's the natural way to go with the definition. So the alignment piece, we've already kind of broached this subject with how we broke down the character mapping and, and identifying those values and then determining what actions align with those values. And I think that for all of these virtues that we're looking at, there are actions that naturally come out of embodying and habituating those individual virtues that demonstrate that those virtues are a part of your life. So your ability to align your actions with your values is what determines whether you are a person of integrity, living a life of integrity. And so that's the connection between character and integrity is it's where intention and action meet. So you can intend to be a person of humility all day, but are your actions demonstrating that those actions are the piece of your character that one habit is that component of your character living up to that value that you've professed to be important in your own life and so that's where integrity comes into play that's all it is 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 aligning your actions your character with your values the things that you say are important to you that you want to be about and something that i really like about this definition is that there's no qualifiers on when you do this. It's all the time. And I think something that we have seen in our careers in the Navy is people who are, they make that effort to align their actions with their values while they're at work, because that's what a naval officer or a good leader is supposed to do. But by your definition, you need to consistently do it. So it needs to be at home too. It needs to be in your interactions with strangers. It needs to be your entire life. You always have to be aligning your actions to your values. We don't have the luxury of picking and choosing when we want to be people of character or leaders of character. It's kind of an all-in proposition, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, that's the commitment piece. That's the, the end of that definition. Those things that you've committed yourself to is the values, the standards, kind of those norms for behavior that identify who I am and, and what I want to represent in my life. And it's your level of commitment to that. And I say level of commitment, and when I say that, I don't actually believe there are levels of commitment. I think you're either committed or you're not committed. And so that's why it's an all in or not in game here. And you can't, when you talk about living a life of integrity, you can't differentiate that. You can't separate that. The root word of integrity is where we get the root for the word integer. 
a whole number. It means being whole, being complete, undivided regardless of circumstance. You can't separate these things. You can't divide them up into different areas of your life. You can't divide them up into different stages of your life. You can't, I mean, it's, it's, it's who you are as a whole complete person. It's your total ability to align all of your actions consistently, that's the character piece, with the values piece, those things that you've identified as important that drive what you believe to be right and wrong. And your ability to do that as a person in every area of your life is your ability to make your life whole, complete. And yeah, you can, I mean, I would say most of those people that do that, that try and do that at work, that aren't living that way outside of work are doing that at work because they know or believe that doing that at work leads to them gaining something whether it's a promotion, advancement, whatever it may be. Um, and that's just a reflection of them not actually habituating those things in your life. You can't separate it. If you want to finish the analogy as we kind of finish this off of character is the sum of your habits. And so to keep the math analogy with the integer piece, if character is the sum of your habits, then I really believe integrity is your ability to make that sum equal to one. So add up all the little pieces that are making your character. If you can make that sum a whole number, if you can make that all those little fractions equal to one, then you're a person of integrity. So I think an uncomfortable extension of that though is that maybe you're not living a life of integrity. We hear that all the time. This person lives a life of integrity, but is it more of a goal that we should be constantly striving towards? Or is there a point at which you can say, yes, you have you've achieved integrity? Yeah, I mean, I, I personally believe that you don't ever get there and that that's not the goal. I don't think that necessarily perfection is the goal because if that's your standard, that's putting something in front of yourself that's unachievable. And so eventually you're gonna just break down over not being able to achieve that. But an important part of goals is making sure that they're attainable. Um, and so if that's your standard, then you're never gonna get there. And then you're trying to put that in front of, as a leader in front of your, you know, your subordinates and say perfection is the standard and you're not gonna get there. And that gets into a whole discussion on how we view failure and how we use failure as a teachable moment and things like that. But first it gets to how do you view that? And if you understand that integrity is, is a game that you're never going to fully get to one you're never going to achieve it and you don't view it as i'm going to be a person of integrity and you view it more as i am attempting to live a life of integrity i'm attempting to as much as humanly possible align my actions my character with the values and standards that commit myself to um, then that's the goal as long as you're doing that then you are striving to be a person of integrity then i think that that's where we're, we're going for so you're not ever going to be a person of integrity but as long as you're striving for that and it's at the forefront of your mind and then you realize how much effort that actually requires to do that across every aspect of your life and then you commit to doing that then we're going to be running this race the right way and trying to to get to where we want to go as a person. And that's going to have a direct impact in who we are as a leader. Okay. Well, let's talk about running the race then, because we've talked about a lot of kind of philosophical stuff, a character mapping exercise, you know, this definition that you have. Hopefully people can memorize that and start to work it into their daily lives, but it's not really feasible for you to pull out a character map all the time and, and plot your day-to-day -day progress. So bringing it down to earth into how to run the race daily in order to try to live a life of integrity. What advice would you have for people of a maybe a meaningful framework that, that we can remember and apply? So first I wanna say that that's, that's why this is foundational piece number two and we're going to move towards that. So if you've stuck with us and you started at the beginning and you kinda of got through these two and you, it still feels really daunting and it does, I mean, every time I talk about it, it's like, man, I, you can just rattle off in your mind the areas that you need to improve and it seems like it's so hard to get there. Know that this is supposed to be kind of the theoretical and we're going to break down 
on each individual virtue and try and try and attack each one because like we said they're all different you have to look at them individually what it's going to take but i think in general uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with with stephen carter he kind of wrote this book on integrity and has a way to kind of break it down are you are you familiar with him at all or yeah yeah i mean i think the book is called integrity for those of you who are interested in this and he introduces a kind of three-step process for right. doing that exactly so, yeah, yeah. The, fir- the first one is you have to identify right and wrong yep that's the first step yep. okay so you got to discern what's right and wrong yep second step is then acting on what is right and third step is being willing to publicly commit to your decision or your action yeah being willing to be open about why you made that decision and why you believe that decision to be right exactly so he breaks down you got to figure out what's right and wrong you got to act in accordance with that and then you got to be willing to speak openly about that and that doesn't necessarily mean you're running around town shouting hey i'm a good person look at this you know look at what i did no it's just it's you have a willingness to do that if necessary why do you think that willingness is so essential i think it goes back to if you're truly working to become this person of integrity then what naturally comes out of some of those pieces of you that those virtues is that it's not about you and and the willingness to speak up on what you did if challenged or if asked says, hey, I, you know, I'm confident in what I believe to be right and wrong because I've taken the time to actually work through this in my own life and I'm daily trying to, to strive to become the person that I want to be. And secondly, it's not about me. Ultimately, when I do that and I start to put the emphasis on others, then I realize the importance of trying to bring other people along to their own eudaimonia, their own level of human flourishing. And when that becomes the goal, then it's not about what you stand to gain from something. So even if you're speaking up and it's going to cause personal harm to you or make you sacrifice something, you're saying, no, it's about something bigger than that. that. That's me. I don't know if that's exactly what Stephen Carter would say, but that's me personally. Yeah. I think one thing he he mentions in the in the book is that a lot of people struggle with the first step of just putting the time and effort into discerning right from wrong. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast so you are interested in this topic and you are trying to make those decisions in your daily life. So, you know, as you're going forward, just think about those steps, discerning right from wrong, acting on what's right, and then the last one which I feel like is hardest for me would be to willing to publicly commit to what you've done. So, and I think that we've already said it's, it's already been the first two steps have already been connected to what we've already talked about of figuring out discerning what's right and wrong, figuring out those values, what's important to you, and whether you're relying on the Bible, the Torah, the Quran to guide you, how you brought up with your family, and the values instilled there. You know, this is something that's a evolving in us all the time it's not a static thing but your ability to continually reflect on those things and try and put thought and intentionality into looking at that and then making your actions align with those things that's where it's at and really what it comes down to if i can kind of break this down and i'm going to connect this to leadership real quick and then we'll, we'll close it out um, what it comes down to is what i said earlier each of these values each of these virtues these things that we're striving for embodying in our life i believe have actions that are natural demonstrations, natural outcomes of habituating these virtues. And when you figure out what those actions look like, and then you figure out why those are the natural outcomes of habituating this virtue, you can begin to, in your own life, determine whether or not your actions are in accordance with what you believe to be right and wrong. How good are you at living this out? So let's, I'm just going to use a quick example for this one because that, that may be confusing some people. So if we break down love, and we say, we mean love, this agape love, selfless love. Love is one of those virtues. It's listed on the character mapping exercise. 
And we say, okay, well, I mean, what, what do we mean by that? That's how to, what is the demonstration of that? And I believe that when you properly habituate selfless love, and you can look at this maybe, you know, an example for us would be as, as parents. We know we love our kids. How do we know we love our kids? Because we watch endless amounts of Paw Patrol and we go play Tickle Monster for hours on end and do all these things that our selfish nature would say, I don't, I really don't want to do that. I want to spend time with my kid and I have a natural connection and, and that's a part of it, but that's not what I would choose to do. And so I'm sure you can probably relate I mean, to that. You, you know, every day for the past year that we've been working together, I come home and it's horse, monster, hide and seek. I mean, I love spending time with the two little ones, but I'm kind of sick of playing horse, monster, <laughs> and hide and seek. Yeah. And so we wouldn't, we wouldn't naturally choose to do those things at this point in our life, but because we love those kids, the natural outcome of that is, you know, maybe there is a second thought, and let's not pretend that we're perfect and have this perfectly habituated, but we choose to do so because we realize that how we demonstrate to that to them and show them what love looks like is that we serve and we sacrifice our own interests for, for the sake of helping them, you know, be happy and content and live the life that we want them to live. And so that that becomes the natural outcome of habituating love. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And it ties back to this video that we showed in our first session of blackjack leadership training was the Simon Sinek, why good leaders make you feel safe. And he used the parenting and the love analogy for being a leader. And I think both of us had that kind of wake up moment of, wow, like, I don't feel that way. I never felt that way as a leader towards my sailors of loving them like I love my children. Yeah, to that level. And it can be difficult. But I think if you break that down, and you want to connect this leadership, it's figuring out what those actions are for each virtue. And then understanding that if we want to be a leader, and leadership is nothing more than influence, if it's influencing others to to reach something that we're trying to reach collectively as a team or or to achieve more than maybe they thought they could achieve individually and and you're trying to really have influence not authority but have influence in their lives that's only going to come when they respect you and when they trust your intentions and so when your intentions and actions are lining up and you're striving to be that person of integrity and you understand that service is the natural outcome of love and you properly serve them you serve them with the right intentions and with the right actions with nothing necessarily to gain for yourself because you have habituated the virtue of love and that's based on this foundation of striving to be a person of integrity, that's how you gain influence and that's how you lead. And so ultimately all of this stuff, the integrity piece, the the totality of all these virtues, you can break each one down individually and that's what we're gonna do in this podcast to natural outcomes and actions that come out of these virtues we properly habituate them and are focused on some of our habits, that character, and trying to make it equal to one, they all lead to the respect, trust, and influence piece in different ways. Those actions aren't necessarily going to be the same for every virtue, but they're going to lead us towards that. And that's ultimately going to make us into the type of leader that we want to be. And it's going to be necessary in order to truly have influence and truly be able to lead. You have to have that character piece. And ultimately, the sum of that, trying to make that equal to one, is the integrity piece. So it really does start there. And that's why I wanted to do the character lesson, lesson one, and the integrity lesson, lesson number two, to tie those two things together to show that, uh, and that was a very quick example. We're going to do it much more in depth, but to show uh, the connection between those things and being the type of leader and person that we want to be. Uh, And so thank you for joining me today to break down integrity. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here and I'm looking forward to the episode by episode discussion of these virtues. And to the listeners, thank you for checking us out. Please give us a rating on iTunes. Leave us a review. I know I appreciate, you know, if you kind of stuck through the the theoretical mud there, if you will, of trying to break this down. I know that may be, you know, you want the application piece and that's, 
it's great discussion, but I really do think it's important to kind of lay that foundation and have that established in order to, and you know, I gave you a little peek into the application, but to really work on that application piece and just know that if it seems daunting, you're not alone. I'm here trying to make a podcast about this and, and thinking about how short I fall, you know, often in, in doing this stuff. So we're going to get there together. And so I appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to episode two here. Mm-hmm.